Good morning. We will go ahead and get started. Grace to you and peace from God the Creator and from Jesus Christ, our teacher and redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit who binds us together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we are so glad you have chosen to worship with us today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Carol, that was a wonderful way to start. Yes, it was. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. Hear the word of the Lord. Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and destitute. Rescue the vulnerable and need from the hands of those who oppress them. Arise, O God, and judge the earth. All the peoples belong to you. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 28.
Let us pray. God of overflowing grace and ever-blazing glory, you are the maker of heaven and earth and the author of all things past, present, and future. Teach us to interpret the signs of the times so we will be ready to greet your holy realm at the coming of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Hear our call to confession. Trusting in God's hope for us, let us come before God and with contrite hearts, asking for reconciliation and seeking peace. Let us pray. Challenging Christ, forgive us when we avoid your hard truths. Grant your mercy when we look for the easy path and avoid the path you set before us. Guide us back to where you would have us go. Strengthen us to face the challenge of living faithful lives and of following your lead. Encourage us to rejoice when we see the way forward and love us so fully that we accept your love. Help us live the love you shower on our lives, that we may shower this love on others. In your love and grace, we pray. Amen. And hear us as we confess to you in the silence of our own hearts. Friends, be assured in this truth. God's face looks upon us with mercy and love. Be the beautiful creation you were designed to be. Let that light shine forth through you in all things. Amen. Siblings in faith. The peace of Christ is not an easy peace. This is not just a peace of embracing those we love. This is a peace of facing hard truths, forgiving huge sins, and uniting with antagonists across great divides. Let us extend to one another the peace that Christ has extended to us. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us pray. God of wisdom, we eagerly seek your presence in our lives and in the world. By your spirit, speak your words to us and give us your grace to recognize the abundant signs of your care for us so that we might be freed to act in the world with courage and abandon. Amen. Today's Psalter lesson is Psalm 82, a plea for justice. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say, you are God's children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, You shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. Let us rise or remain upright in spirit 
as we join our hearts together to sing hymn number 725. join me in listening to the gospel lesson from Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place and after he had finished one of his disciples said to him Lord Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, 
Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of the Lord. Well, I'm not Reverend Page. <laughs> I've never been to divinity school. Although... Although, as I tell my, my students, the first rule of nursing is flexibility. So here I am. Um, when I came in this morning, and so I ask that just God just be with all of us as we hear his word and as I bring what he has said to me. When I came in this morning, though, I felt like we should have a 45 recorder in the back playing Dion Warwick. Say a little prayer for me. Instead of say a little prayer for you, huh? Pardon me? That's the wrong version. Is it the wrong version? Yeah. Okay. You want to read So, um, but as I was reading the scripture, and I got to the part where it was talking about children, I've just finished reading Marjorie Margulies's So How Are the Children? opening the door. Okay. So, um, just I just finished reading So How Are the Children? And she was an adoptive mother of a number of children from many cultures. And so, that struck me as I read this because God is really blessed us. Um, with so many great gifts. And he blesses us before we know what we need. He blesses us when we ask. He blesses those we pray for. And when, you know, I, I, this is now just coming to me that in the Lord's Prayer, he is dealing with not only our physical needs, for bread and sustenance, as all humans need, but also our spiritual sustenance. And so, as we look around, there are many crosses in this building. And when you look at the cross, the vertical is the conversation between us and God through what he says to us through his prayer 
and what we say to him through our prayers and on behalf of others. The transept is what we do with and to each other and for each other. So every time I have read this, of seeking, of knocking, and of finding, I have to confess that I haven't always listened. I haven't listened when God's knocked on my door all the time. There have been times when I thought that God had abandoned me. He didn't abandon me. I just stopped listening. I stopped listening for the knock. I stopped looking to see what doors were opened to traverse through. And it took a long time for me and a number of years to understand why I was here. I still don't know all of it. Who I am. And that God's brought me through all of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The self, you know, imposed negativity. And what he's saying through this is that we know. We know, even in our imperfect state, how to do good and how to be there for others. And all we need to do is to try, in our own feeble way, to follow God's example that he's laid out for us. So this is what this scripture means to me. And, and how many ways have we seen that play through here at Hamilton Union? How many ways, and this is an interactive part here, okay? Now I'm going into Dr. Hutchinson mode. I'm back in class. Um, how many times have we seen here at Hamilton Union where we've knocked and God's opened a door? The grand garage sale. Okay. How else has he opened the doors for us to not only be with him, but we be with our community as well? Two cents a meal. Two cents a meal. Okay. In what other ways? The campus ministries. Okay. Our work with the interfaith missions. I saw yesterday that that the capital district um, rescue mission is wanting to expand and is getting pushback about its expansion and yet they're doing God's work in helping those who are sleeping rough or who are homeless um, or just a little down maybe on their luck and need to be carried for a little while. How many of you know the, um, the saying footprints in the sand? Okay. How many times has God carried us when we've only looked back and we've seen one set of footprints? A lot of times. And for me, this is what this is saying. You know, we say the Lord's Prayer week after week, and it's become rote. But when you look at what follows with these words about giving to our children, we're God's children, and he gives to us every day in big ways, in small ways, in ways we can't recognize because he uses other people. And if we all had the gift of hindsight ahead of time, then we'd know. But we don't. So this, this scripture gives me great comfort. 
I don't know if three and a half weeks ago it would have spoken to me the way that it did this morning. But I know that he's been here. And how has this scripture struck some of you this morning? I hope it has. <laughs> okay. So how has it struck, how, what has this scripture said to you this morning when, when you first heard it? Or when you've heard it before but heard it anew? Right. It's okay to ask for help. Okay. We're not, pardon me, we're not the people of the Anjali commercials from years ago where you could do everything and be everything to everyone. Good morning. Come forward. Well, I was doing a very poor stand-in, but come forward, please, Reverend yeah, Page. Oh, hi. Morning. Sorry. No, that's fine. Come forward. And we forward. want to welcome Reverend Page. Yes. So we're glad you're come, here. Sorry. Come, sorry. please. Well, how, where are we in the service? What can I do? So you can well, join with your sermon. You can join with your sermon. Okay. <laughs> I was being a very poor stand-in. Fantastic. But. No. Okay, I was being a stand-in, let me say. Okay, great. All right, thank you. Thank you for being a stand-in. You're You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Very very brave, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. All right. Very good. All right. Good morning. Uh, thank you for understanding this uh, awkwardness and for being here this morning. Uh, I'm Riley Page. Kyle and I went to seminary a million years ago, and I was so fortunate to get the invitation to share a word with you this morning. Um, we will chalk this up to Kyle just turning 40 yesterday and um, forgetting to tell me that you all wisely start early in the summer. So you've read the gospel from Luke, Jesus um, teaching the disciples about prayer. Yes? Okay. So here is, here is a sermon then for this morning. Imagine with me, if you will, it is the winter of 2008, and I am driving my Jeep Cherokee from Michigan to visit a friend in South Bend, Indiana. Now, I may have been traveling a little quick for the road conditions, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, my car hit some black ice. I start to skid, and I'm trying to recall from, from driver's ed if I'm supposed to turn into the skid or out of the skid. But in the end, it really doesn't matter because I spin around 180 degrees, go backwards into a ditch, and roll the Jeep onto the hood. While I was hanging upside down from my seatbelt, the words, help me, help me, help me, escape from my lips. In 2013, I am sitting alone in my tiny apartment on my tiny couch in Schenectady, New York. My parents called me, and now this is the first clue that something was wrong because my parents uh, only think telephone calls originate on the child's end of the line. So they call me, and then what's worse is that they're on speakerphone, so all three of us can speak together. I have cancer, my dad says. It was a particularly challenging diagnosis, stage three stomach cancer, and so I say, what's the plan? And dad says, chemo. Mom says, prayers. Prayers are a slippery subject. We don't really know exactly how they work. While I was helpless and ultimately unharmed in my accident hanging upside down, my prayers were answered immediately 
Before I could even turn off the engine, someone was at my window saying they had already called 911. After his diagnosis, my father's name appeared on prayer chains up the East Coast and in the Midwest. He had the A-team praying for him, church ladies of a certain age. (laughs) They covered him in prayer. That's right. But he did not get better. If anything, his treatment made him more sick. And my father died in October of 2016. Was my reflexive and dashed off prayer for help more effective than the constant um, supplications of the faithful on my dad's behalf? We know there's no spiritual algebra for this, no mechanics, no diagram we can draw. We understand at some level, that God isn't Santa or or some deal-making Rumpelstiltskin, and yet we are taught to pray as though God just might be. We are assured that our prayers matter, that God inclines to hear us, but what does that mean when our world is still on fire and when the very worst humans seem to flourish and our loved ones still die? What good are thoughts and prayers when saying that has become synonymous with shrieking personal responsibility? What exactly is Jesus trying to teach us about prayer, and does it even matter? This morning we read from the Gospel of Luke, one of Jesus' many discourses on prayer. He begins with a familiar Lord's Prayer. Now, we could spend a lot of time this morning uh, breaking down each of those lines of the Lord's Prayer, tracing them back to the original Hebrew and Jewish roots. And since we just met, and I was late, uh, I don't think we can take the 45 minutes to do that together this morning. (laughs) I haven't earned it. (laughs) That extra long sermon, right? I want to focus instead our time on on these wee parables that Jesus tells in this passage. First, the parable of the man who has a guest drop in unexpectedly, leaving him without any, pro- any proper uh, preparation for receiving a guest. As you may know, in the ancient Near East, the, uh, the obligation for hospitality is huge. So this man, he goes to his neighbor, he asks for bread, and the neighbor is understandably grouchy. The house is locked up, the kids are in bed, but he gets up, And he gives the man bread anyway. And the Bible says the neighbor will fulfill the request for help because of the man's persistence. And this, my friends, is a case of bad translation leading to bad theology. The passage implies that if we just bother God enough, God will eventually give us what we ask for. God does not need the ego boost and our begging. And secondly, secondly, it's a sign of a toxic relationship when wearing the person down is part of getting what you want. The word here that's translated as persistence in the Greek is idea, which is best translated as shamelessness. Shamelessness. The neighbor gives the bread that is requested because the request is shameless. There's no second guessing at the hour. There's no wondering if this is a worthwhile thing to bother his friend about. There's no embarrassment that he should have been prepared for this unexpected guest. The request is bold and without hesitation because, and here's where the translators get it right, because these men are friends. There is a relationship there. There is an affection there between these two people. This is a parable about the kind of relationship God wants with us that we are invited into with the divine. And it is not an instruction on how we are to needle God until we get what we want. In a world filled with fickle gods who, uh, who are false and who want time and attention and sacrifice and magic words, the Yahweh God just wants a relationship. God wants us to trust that we are loved, held, seen, and known. Trusting in God, trusting in this relationship, we can be bold, 
shameless in our prayers. Jesus reinforces how God wants this intimate, trusting relationship with us in this second little parable. Here Jesus compares God's love to that of a parent who will not give their child snakes and scorpions when asked for fish and eggs. We who are human and flawed know how to love and give good gifts to our children. God, who is perfect and has love for us, knowing how to treat us when we come to God in prayer. Jesus says that in this perfect, greater-than-human love, the God will give the Holy Spirit to whoever will ask. This is an important point. We are not promised fish and eggs. We are promised the Holy Spirit. We are not promised miracle cures, field goals, or parking spots. We are promised the Holy Spirit as God's gift of love to us. God's presence with us. God's relationship with us is not transactional. It's not transactional. God's relationship with us is one of intimacy, of presence. Prayers are not a means of getting what we want. Prayers are not about what God can do for us. At a basic level, prayer is about relationship building. Prayer is about leaning into God's promises of love. It's about changing us from our solitary, hopeless, creaturely selves and back into what we were created to be, children of God. Like children, we get scared. We don't want it to hurt. We are confused by death. We don't understand why bad things happen to good people. We sometimes are really bad at sharing And sometimes we make messes that are way too big for us to clean up by ourselves. We don't always know that our words can do damage. So we need a village to come around us and accompany us. And that is why we pray together. We pray with the help of the Holy Spirit uniting us as the body of Christ. That Holy Spirit that pushes and pulls us into deeper faith, stronger hope, and more perfect love. Prayer is not money that we put into a God-shaped vending machine. Prayer is that lifeline that pulls us out of even the most tumultuous waters. Prayer is the vital connection to something bigger than ourselves. Prayer is, means that we are not alone, even as we are out on these stormy seas. Just as spending time together strengthens our bonds of community, so too does our prayer draw us closer with the divine. Prayer is the way that we practice our faith, hope, and love. In prayer, we we express our doubts, we practice that, and we express our fears. In praying together, we can borrow what we need from the community and boldly claim that we care about one another. Our thoughts and prayers are not some cynical rejection of responsibility, but the claim that we love each other. That in our helplessness and confusion and frustration, we beseech the divine to do something on behalf of those persons and situations we hold most dear. Prayer is recognizing that we need help and that we can ask for it. And so Jesus tells us to ask, and it shall be given to seek, and we shall find and knock, and the door will be opened to us. But not because we are outside the house asking for bread, but because we are children already inside, knowing that our parent is close by. All we need to do is cry out in the night, and our parent will be there, holding us, consoling us. I, I remember my, the feeling of my mom sitting up with me all night, coughing and feverish, rocking me until I fell asleep. Or being wrapped in the Afghan and made to take naps all day on the couch at my grandparents' house. Because if you're too sick to go to school, you're too sick to watch TV. <clears throat> or that feeling in which my dad would pick me up up out of the car while I pretended to be asleep just so he could carry me to bed. 
as we know how to love our children, so too in God's perfect love are we loved by the divine. How much more will we be comforted by the Holy Spirit, the advocate, when we ask? And I, I don't know how prayer works. A Methodist minister friend of mine described praying as sort of sending this energy of intention and love out into the universe, and at some point it crosses into the divine and, and meets its, its landing spot, and it's supercharged by this holy energy. It's good as good of explanation as I've heard. Makes about as much sense as anything else I've come across. I've come to the conclusion that prayer will always be a mystery. And, and perhaps it doesn't matter, right, what the formula is or, or what the mechanics are of prayer. I will leave that to the philosophers and the theologians to try to figure out. Prayer is more of a matter of the heart than the head anyway, right? So ask. Seek. Knock. Be bold. Be shameless even in your prayers. God longs to spend this time with us, to hear us, to have our trust in that relationship. My friends, and I do hope we are friends, you are so completely known and so deeply loved. Ask. Seek. Knock. God is listening. Amen. I want to thank Reverend Page and Trudy for sharing the word with us. We, we, we had lots of um, opportunities, um, so let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in our invitation to discipleship. Let us throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, face pioneer, and perfected. The trail awaits. Friends, the one who restores us wants nothing of the people of God but justice and righteousness. Let us give ourselves fully as we seek to live God's will for us and the world. As you may have read in the, um, thank you, <laughs> this song, this particular song has been written in the early 40s. So make believe that you're at summer camp, at church camp, and you're sitting around a campfire and uh, you're singing a very um, simple but meaningful song. And this too is similar to the scripture that uh, Diane read and that Trudy read. And it also says in some ways um, the things that have been said in Matthew 25. So you are welcome to join us on the chorus. The words are not that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, do a deed of 
Thank you. Let us pray. We praise you for your mighty and abundant love. Sing through the gifts we return to you that others may know your great love. Sing through our lives that through us others may discover your song. Sing through even our division that we may discover a unity we have never tasted before in your peace. Amen. Most holy and triune God, you have called us, you have invited us to come and to be in relationship with you in this time of prayer. In a world that tells us that we are too busy, that we are not enough, that we have so many distractions that we just can't focus, that we pray the wrong way, that we don't know what to say. Lord, push all of those anxieties and coulda, shoulda, wouldas out of our heads and draw us into closer relationship with you that we may be so bold as to ask for what we need that we may beseech you on behalf of those who are powerless, those who are scared, those who are hurting. This morning, we pray for those whom we have mentioned, those who are in the process of healing, those who are in the process of transitioning, those who are following your call into, into work, those who are traumatized, those who are facing incredible changes to their health and profession. Lord, we pray for Evan, for, for students of all kinds who are starting school amidst so many questions and so many concerns. We pray for teachers and administrators and all of the people who make schools work. Uh, Lord, bless, bless our learners and bless our educators. Lord, for, for the things that we haven't mentioned, for the things that we may even be a little nervous to put word or thought to, for the people who occupy a space in our hearts and minds, we pray for those things too. We pray for our country and for our leaders, for those who have promised to protect us, for those who promise to keep our interests in mind, 
may they may they live out their intention. May they be may they be honest and justice oriented. Lord, there is so much we don't understand. There is so much that feels like a crisis. There is so much that feels urgent. And sometimes the nights are long and the days are longer and we don't know what to do anymore. And so, Lord, we pray that you be with us too, even us, here in this little corner of the world, that you fall afresh upon our hearts, that you would move us into purpose, into community. We thank you for all the ways in which you have blessed us, and so may we have the wisdom and discernment to turn those blessings outward to a world that is very much in need. And so, Lord, we we pray. We pray all these things, and we set them down in front of you, leave them in your most capable holy hands, and we pray together with the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to stand as you desire and are able to uh, sing with sing with me uh, hymn number 340 this is my song
even in your prayers. And so I, my sincerest hope for you is that you feel that and own that and go out into the world believing that God wants a relationship with you. Turns out God not only loves you, but likes you. <laughs> so hear this blessing for you this day and every day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift your countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.